Welcome to the Wisdom Talk Radio Show, bringing you insight, illumination, and inspiration in service to the world. We are a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living, conscious business, conscious relationships, conscious community, and conscious evolution. I'm Laurie Seymour, founder of The Baca Journey and co-host of Wisdom Talk Radio. Join me today for what I think will be a magical conversation about the power of pilgrimage and the spiral path. I'm here today with Sarah Hoskin Clymer, who's a pilgrim. She loves to walk. She walks almost daily on local hiking trails in Colorado, on the ancient pilgrimage paths along the dragon ley lines of the earth, especially in Spain, England, and Cornwall, and on sacred spiritual spiral paths such as labyrinths. Ah, the magic and the mystery of labyrinths is something that's very much captivated me, so I'm eager to ask her some things about that. Sarah walks to come home to herself and the truth of who she really is, to connect with the earth and spirit, and to live her life aligned with her soul's path. Her intention is always to walk in love, as love, for love. Sarah leads spiral path pilgrimage walks and retreats in Cornwall and Avalon in Southwest England, as well as local labyrinth and chakra walks in Boulder, Colorado. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thank you, Lori. It's really good to be here. Sarah and I have had a few opportunities and to to have conversations, to chat, even in person. And and um, you know, and Sarah, and that's why I wanted to invite you because what I found in every conversation I've ever had with you is it's always illuminating. There's something new that emerges out of it. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I said something in, in my introduction of you about the spiral path. And I, in a way that it's kind of like diving right in, but why not? So what is the spiral path? It's such a big, basic, broad, specific question all at once. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And... What you'll probably learn from me today is typically when I answer a question, I, t- I have to kind of spiral around and into the answer because that's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I just want to start by sharing like how I came to know the spiral path, which was actually walking a pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago that looks like you're going from point A to point B in a relatively straight line, right? There's a, there's a destination, there's a de- an overall destination where you're heading for your whole pilgrimage, but every day you walk, there's a destination. And it would seem on a certain level, or perhaps on one level of that journey, it's a straight or relatively straight line. Mm-hmm. I've seen it on the map. <laughs> exactly. And yet, I, the paradox which I love, and I love Carolyn Mace's words about that when paradox is present, that's when you know spirit is present. And I have Mm. found that to be true over and over and over again, is that as one is 
walking a pilgrimage path toward a certain destination, there's actually a spiral that is occurring. Like you could say in every step, in every mile, in every kilometer, in every day, even within the journey as a whole. And that as you walk, it's like you're taking on many, many inner journeys along the way. And that's, it's like, that's part of the, like, that's one way to answer what is the spiral path. It's like, it may be an external pilgrimage, but there's something happening deep within you so that as you journey, you're taken deep into your core and something is being activated or being rewritten or being released and let go. And it's not like, I don't think that you can be consciously aware of that in every moment. It would be overloading, I would imagine. <laughs> but there's something that happens where you meet a person or you um, are touched by a tree in nature or a cloud formation or even there's something about the energy of that land, of that piece of earth where you're engaging with as you walk and it activates or catalyzes something within you and takes you on a whole nother journey, whether you're conscious of it or not, that actually informs you, transforms you, and like creates such a deep change or even just a momentary change, but it changes you from that person you were the moment before. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's where I want to start with that question because it's kind, it is the paradox. I mean, it, 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 I didn't know that until I actually walked the Camino that something else is happening too, even as you're walking every day. There's, there's something that happens as you're walking, but mm-hmm. then when you complete the journey, something completely different happens and actually one of my Camino mentors a beautiful pilgrim woman from Toronto Canada named Sue Kenny says when the Camino ends the journey begins and I think that's in her words speaking to the spiral path if you will Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you can't walk something like that and come home the same person and so what happens when you come home is how do you re-enter everything that in some ways looks the same, right? Or maybe for some people it doesn't, but for a lot of times you, you, you're coming, often coming back to the life that you had before you left for a pilgrimage journey and you are different. So what happens then is that you as the center of that spiral, everything around you starts to shift and morph and to transform to actually match your new frequency mm-hmm. of who you've become. Exactly. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. I was talking with a client of mine yesterday about a major energetic shift that she was experiencing. And one of the things that I found myself saying to her, because it's something that I've experienced so often, is when we have experienced these kinds of major shifts, and we don't even know what they mean. They're still, the, the meaning and the, the unfoldment is still occurring. Mm-hmm. The people around us, and this speaks to the going back into your life, look to see us the same way as being the same person that we were when we left. Yes. And yet we are not. 
And so there's a little disconnect there and there can be friction. There can be all sorts of things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unless they are, they are willing as well to begin to meet you in that different frequency, that new vibration in which you are now living. And the other possibility is that they're not willing, you know, and that's one of the hard parts, isn't it? It's the hard challenge is that some people don't want you to change and are not willing to meet you with who you're becoming. Mm-hmm. And those, are the, those can be tough moments in your life. And like I know for me, when I have journeyed and come back, I have, in a sense, kind of... Um, blamed myself or, or, or um, judged myself for having very challenging re-entries. And I actually got to go back to England about a month ago. And this time I actually went with my husband, which mm-hmm. was a new experience. Oh. And um, it was only 10 days. And yet it, in those 10 days, it was a very deep journey with my sharing with him, actually kind of like the core of my personal spiral path, that place on earth that is my special sacred spiral mm. place. Uh. And so I got to share with him these paths and we walked them together and coming back and I was like, oh, Reentry for me is what it is because when I journey and pilgrimage, I am so deeply activated by these places that it's not that I'm quote unquote bad at reentry. It's that I have been so deeply charged or changed or simply activated by the simple act of walking the, these these places, these paths, that I have to come home or I get to come home, but I like have to respond to the activation. Yes. I can't just ignore it or pretend that it didn't happen. And I even said something to Steve, my husband, and I thought he would kind of laugh at me going, yeah, no, that, that didn't happen. I said, I feel like we were activated that something happened while we were there. Mm -hmm. And he just looked at me and he's like, yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like to me too. Mm-hmm. He's not used to that experience because right. he doesn't pilgrimage like I do. And so for him to even be aware that it happened to him, I was like, oh, that's what it is. Yay. And whatever Yay. the journey is, we are changed. And, and how do we have the courage and the connection to ourselves to stand in the midst, to sit, be like the calm in the storm? as people around us are reacting to who we're becoming. Mm. How do we stay true to that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like to bring it back to your client, right? Like right. H- how do we do that? How do and we- that's exactly, and that's, that's the important piece because if we deny what is taking place, really I think that, that's, where, that's where disease happens. <laughs> that's where the struggle is, <laughs> you know, isn't it? Struggle is. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I want to shift a little bit because you've said something about the energy of the land, really, mm-hmm. and um, that's something that's so very meaningful to me. I've 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 written about the 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 energy of the land, that not necessarily whether it's sacred or not. That's a different dimension, but that every single part of the planet that we walk on, that we reside on, that we spend time with has a frequency, has an energy. Mm-hmm. Some places have an energy that is of a frequency that moves us in, in a particular way. Yeah. And 
that's something that I hear, hear you so attuned to. And, uh, and I wonder if you could just say a little bit about, about the ley lines and about the vibration of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. It's like the, our, the, our meridians. You know, if you take the earth as a reflection of our human bodies and our bodies as a reflection of the earth, like we have energy meridians in our bodies and the earth does too. It's mm-hmm. pretty much that simple. Mm-hmm. And th- th- there are places where these ley lines cross and they become nodes and portals and People are, like, I think the ancient people were so in tune that they knew where these, these ley lines were. And then, you know, as we got more disconnected, but it's not like the ley lines go away. Mm-hmm. They're still there. It's just like we're getting back in touch with, like, the, the Eastern approach to the body with the ley lines. And I think I just saw an article that, you know, science now proves that there are meridians in our body. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same kind of thing with the earth. and. There's many different maps. Like I've seen different maps which places the root chakra at Mount Shasta and I've seen places where the root chakra is in Santiago in Spain. And so, and not to say one is right or wrong, I think it's just kind of where we are and kind of our perspective and we can, we can make a, a root chakra wherever we are. I really believe that it's there wherever we are. I actually got to work with some people who work with with earth energies and they created a spiral chakra path in my yard. And we doused where the root chakra would be on that path and Mm. where the second, you know, where the sacral chakra would be. So I think that there's many points that reflect different energies. And another kind of to go a different direction, something I've been thinking about a lot that, that there's ley lines which are these like straight lines, very masculine, right? And they, they, they are in the earth and yet you can actually only travel them if you go over the earth. So say for me where I'm so drawn, which is to my birthplace, which is England. Mm-hmm. And there's the Michael Mary line and there's the Michael alignment, right? So we're bringing in that masculine energy, the sun god, the archangel. And there are these hills and burrows and tours and mumps along the way and honestly from southwest england to northeast england there is a clear line that is as straight as they come connecting these hilltops mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's a ley line right so it's so interesting to me that there's this very straight masculine energy that connects these points on the earth and that the in the ancient times on the Beltane people with light fires in the east as the sun rose and as the sun hit that tour they would light the fire and it would work its way from east to west as the sun rose mm-hmm. so people knew they mm-hmm. knew intuitively mm-hmm. knew that these these points on the earth were in an alignment but and there are different times in one's life where different things are needed, different energy centers, different activations are needed. Exactly. And that there are ancient temples that are aligned to different solstices, whether it's the winter solstice or the summer solstice or the, you know, the equinox. I actually got to go to the Serpent Mound in southwestern Ohio um, about just over a year ago. And what's so interesting is I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, an hour and a half from this ancient, beautiful mm-hmm. serpent mound and never visited it as a child. But about 15, 16 months ago, 
had to go. It was one of those intuitive impulses. And so I went and experienced it on a December afternoon and got to experience like a template for, a, for this um, spiral energy, this serpent spiral energy. And what was so fascinating and the, the connection to this conversation is that these different um, uh, uh, turns in this in the serpent, you know, these different curves were aligned to different solstices, different equinoxes, sunrises oh. and sunsets. How did these people know? Like the, the, there's there's like I think if I really believe that if we let go of the distractions and the electricity and all these other energies that were that now run our lives that there is such a deep ancient connection to the earth and to her energies that she will guide us and show which way we need to build a path or a mound or a or a temple or whatever and that it we we can tune into those energies and actually connect with them and i think that that's part of our our wisdom. I think it's. I think it's in all of our bodies and all of our and all of our knowing because we have human bodies with those same, like not the same, but meridians too, where we can respond right. to the energies. So it's part of our birthright. It really is, and I, for me, it's been a process of walking that has awakened it. And there are some people who can douse it and can become very exact with it and. I can so appreciate that, but that's not how I operate. I'm not going to be yeah. the one out there t- telling you that it's this and that there's this energy. <laughs> I just, I, I can douse. I've been taught to douse. I'm so appreciative of that skill, and I love that there are people who can do that and who have mapped out ley lines because of their dowsing ability. I love to just go and walk them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's you, Sarah. So, but, exactly. But tell me about so. How did you become a pilgrim? I mean, it's not just that you yeah. love walk. How did you become a pilgrim? You know, when I was, I think it was, it's like, here, so here's another spiral. So I was the, I'm the mother of four children, and my youngest was born when I was 42. So a surprise, and mm-hmm. there I was, like, fully immersed in raising four children. And I went to a bookstore, and I have, you know, the experience, like, where they'll say a book will fall off the shelf at mm-hmm. you. Well, Shirley MacLaine's book, The Camino, did that, like grabbed my attention on a bookshelf. And I read her book and it was one of those things as I'm nursing my baby and feeling completely inundated in diapers and the whole thing. I was like, one day I'm going to walk the Camino. And it then kind of tucked it away. And then when I turned 50, I was actually being trained to become a life coach. And in one of the exercises in our course, I realized that that's how I wanted to celebrate turning 50 was walking the Camino. (sighs) And so in 2009, I walked the last 100 kilometers, 170 kilometers actually into Santiago. But even as I did that, well, there's always a spiral to my story, (laughs) is that I had discovered something from another book that grabbed my attention about the seven, so here we're coming back to the the energies of the the land, seven Mm -hmm. sacred chakras um, in Europe. So whereas Santiago was the end of the Camino, it was the root chakra of this Celtic Camino, this, this pilgrimage of initiation that people 
I think a very high esoteric schools used to participate in is not widely widely known. And so I walked into into Santiago, but what I did is I took by train a journey to these seven sacred sites that were all um, sites that were based on Celtic, on a, ancient Celtic oracle sites that were connected to the Mercury, like ancient lineage, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. sacred sites. So I traveled from Santiago, and I actually my 15 year old daughter joined me, and we went to Toulouse in France, and we visited the the, the, the there's a church there that was on the on oh the, yes oh yes, and I've been there. It's an amazing place. Exactly right, and then mm-hmm. we went to Orléans. And then we went to Chartres, which was the heart chakra. Yes. So going to Chartres Cathedral. And then we went to Notre Dame in Paris. Mm-hmm. And then we went to a cathedral in northeastern um, France called Amiens, gorgeous cathedral that very few, especially Americans, know about. And then we traveled all the way up to Rosslyn to um, the Rosslyn Cathedral or chapel, which is the seventh chakra. But see, then again, what happens for me on these journeys is the spiral kicks in and says, ah, you think you're coming to go and travel these seven sacred sites. But what happened for me when I literally landed on British soil for the first time in 27 years is I was like, I'm home. And I was born in England. My parents are English. English. All of my lineage is from England and Cornwall. Mm. And there's something that happened when I connected with that soil again and it took me on a whole nother journey and I discovered or the what came to me was this Mary Michael Pilgrim's Way which is this so this is actually coming back to a point I wanted to say about the ley lines is that there's the Michael alignment that goes from southwest England to northeast England but what serpentines along this is the feminine path and it just weaves its way along, back and forth, crossing the alignment as it winds its way up through Glastonbury and Avebury, all the way across to the northeast coast of England. Wow, I didn't know about that. That's that's it's awesome. it's extraordinary. And and for me, it's about the masculine and the feminine. We've got the the masculine alignments, but these the feminine, of course, is this serpentine spiral energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then. I actually had never walked by myself before. In 2013, I knew I had to go over and to start to walk this path. I thought that I would walk from point A to point B, (laughs) and it would be this, you know, very, you know, much like the Camino. But because I was walking in the land of my ancestors, I didn't get very far. It turned out it was a very deep journey, but not a very long journey. Hmm. And what's happened, so that was 2013. So I have now gone back in 2014, 2015, 2016, and now 2017 and have walked these very, like if you look at it geographically, it's a pinpoint on the map, but I'm being called to walk these spiral paths again and again and again. And it's almost as if my walking these paths is I don't know if it's, I, 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 what I, okay, what I'm just going to say is it feels like there's a wisdom and an ancient knowledge in these paths that is being trans, like I'm receiving it. I don't know quite what it is. I can't yet put words to it, Mm -hmm. but something is happening every time I walk those paths and I don't believe I'm done walking them yet. 
Yeah. I, I'm being called back to walk them again, and I don't know when I'll go back next. But there's something about these paths that are so ancient and so, like they connect stone circles to ancient holy wells, to standing stones, to, like there's something in, it, again, the land, the sacredness of the land that is trying to express itself, communicate with us. And it seems like the more we engage, so this is coming back to your question too, Mm -hmm. is the more we engage with the land, the more it engages with us. Yes, yes. And it takes a willingness to go back and walk again and again, wherever that is. And because for everybody, it's different. Right, everybody has their different spot on earth that is their sacredly. For some people, it's the desert, and it's you know, like say in Utah and Moab and Canyon Lands, and that's where they are so deeply nourished. Desert doesn't do it for me yeah. at all, but I respect that it does for certain people. Yeah. Right, and what I found though is that that changes in over the course of a lifetime, mm-hmm. and that sometimes it's a little bit different than than what your experience has been that you've been talking about. Sometimes what I've found for me and for others is that there is a place that they need to go to, that they need to do an outer journey to in order to activate a dormant system, a dormant system within them, a dormant system. It's not about past lives and remembering details of that, but it is about activating those dormant systems so that they come into present day availability. Yeah, that is so true. And that is such a good point, you know, because I also love Glastonbury, which is where my mother's family is from. My father's Um, family is from Cornwall. My mother's family is from Somerset. And mm -hmm. I um, I thought I was going to be leading another trip to Glastonbury. Mm -hmm. And I got exactly what you're talking about. It's like I have received whatever I needed from that land. Not that I won't go back, but I don't need to go back. I don't believe in the same way. Something was awakened. Something was nourished. And it, it, it's like its purpose is complete in that. Mm -hmm. And we have to pay attention to that because everything has timing. Everything has right timing and, and there may be something else for you to do there. But it sounds like in this moment, you were willing to listen and, and understand that the timing is not needed. This, I, this journey is not needed. Exactly. And I don't need to push it just because I thought it. You know, <laughs> at one point thought it was right. Like it really, and I think that's part of the spiral path is really allowing the path to guide us. In fact, one of my, the kind of like, one of the things I live by is some words that came to me and it's the path guides, provides and protects every step of the way. And that means even when we're asked to go, what may look like off the path, I don't know if it's really possible to go off the path, but we, we, we take a left turn where we thought we were going straight. And it's very scary sometimes when we're so clear that we're going straight, but spirits like, <laughs> no, 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 no. So you thought, so you thought. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, who's in charge here anyway? <laughs> yeah, the path guides, provides and protects every step of the way. Mm-hmm. 
So how do you how do you use that that as your guiding light in not just when you're off as a pilgrim, but in your everyday life? That's a great question. And I think that's always the challenge is how do we in our everyday lives when there's always the dishes to do and things to keep us busy and kind of absorbed in whatever, right? How do we, how do we actually remember and stay connected to what comes down to is that spiritual guidance, which is guiding us. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think there's, there's different ways. I think for me, part of it is, as I do walk, I, 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 I get cranky and a little discombobulated and disconnected if I don't just go for a simple walk. It doesn't have to be like a spiritual walk or a uh-huh. sacred walk, but mm-hmm. just the act of walking for me engages that and keeps me connected to the earth. Um, so I think that's one practice for me of staying connected. And like even before I got on, on this call with you now, I went out and walked my labyrinth because that's one way for me as a practice to remember that I have a path right outside my door. Yes. And yes. that I can go and walk it anytime. And I'll be honest, I forget that it's there. Even with it right there, yes. I can forget that I have a sacred tool to remind me to stay connected to my sacred path, right? Well, so exactly. that's how easy we can get distracted. We can get so, distracted and forget. Yeah. Yeah. For and, me, Go ahead. Go no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say for me, it's the breath. Yes. It's the conscious breath. It's like we think we have to do something special or we have to go and meditate for an hour. But if I sit and get quiet for two or three moments and take a couple of conscious breaths, everything that I'm needing in terms of that inner guidance is available. Yes. And it can be that simple. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's one of the things I'm practicing playing with right now is is i live in colorado in the united states and yet i am english is you know i was raised in the states but i am english and long for england and cornwall and a particular place in cornwall every moment but i my life right now is to be here so how do i find that that and how do i like create that experience of how connected i feel over there how do I, how can I bring that here in my life in Colorado now without it always being, oh, but if only I were over there. Yeah, then you're always longing. Always longing and not being present where I am. Mm-hmm. And it just seems, so it's that breath, but, and it's as I breathe, connecting in with my body and in particular for me in with my womb as a woman mm-hmm. or even as a man with our hara, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that deep belly centeredness and when I am like ah so when I connect there then I am connected wherever I am and it doesn't have to depend on something external mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, it's related to the breath just yeah. like you were saying yeah. because it really nothing depends on the external although the external is there to remind us to nourish us to invigorate us and to awaken Mm-hmm. It really, and it is, it's, I think it's so true. It's just, I don't, I wouldn't be who I am or where I am today without having walked on the earth and these particular places on the earth. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. you were willing to listen. Yes. Follow through. Yeah. Listen and obey. 
Yeah, listen and obey, even in spite of a lot of resistance from my life, from mm-hmm. the fact that I have four children, you know, and people judging me as a mother for going off and, and doing these pilgrimages. And yet my soul knew that I needed to do that. Even like when I went to Serpent Mound, I decided on a Wednesday and took off, like I, or on a Sunday, took off on a Wednesday and then came back on the following <laughs> Monday. And I was like, Whoa, how did that happen? And because yet, you had to. Because I had mm-hmm. to. Because I had to receive the imprinting of that map that the Serpent Mound offers. Mm-hmm. It provided mm-hmm. me with much information and much context for what I'm doing. <sighs> yeah. Oh, Sarah, I feel like I could talk to you for the next hour and we'd still <laughs> be scratching the surface. Yeah, there's so much. <laughs> the spiral runs the, very the spiral, <laughs> We're in the spiral right now. So I also know that you are um, in the midst of creating a bed and breakfast urban retreat in your, your incredible 100-year-old farmhouse in which you actually have two spiral paths, a labyrinth and a spiral chakra path right on the property. And you just mentioned one of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tell me a little bit about that and what's happening with that. And uh, I, I want people to start to get a sensing of how they might connect with you outside of this re- recording. Mm, well, thank you. Well, so my children are growing up, spreading their wings. The youngest is now 15, nearly 16. And so I've got this beautiful farmhouse with this beautiful space. And I, I, it comes back to, I love to offer people experiences to deepen into themselves and to walk the path. And so it's it, my husband and I created the labyrinth about five years ago, and then about a year and a half ago, a friend wanted to build and offer a class in creating this Fibonacci spiral path connected to the chakras. Mm-hmm. And she actually wanted, they wanted more of a straight line or something. And I said, you know, no, I really do want it to be a spiral path and her, the her, her partner, whose French was just like, Merde, Merde, you want a spiral path? How can I do that? We actually created a powerful template in creating this spiral path. So coming back to the BB is I want to give people the opportunity to walk these paths because when you walk them, they are an activator. It may seem like nothing happens. You're just walking you're like, did anything happen? But if you walk them again and again, or even sometimes just once, it does activate and catalyze something. Mm-hmm. So part of my creating this B&B is to create a really nourishing place for people to come and stay that's in the center of Boulder, which is why we call it an urban retreat. It's not out in the country. It's in the center of Boulder where you can walk downtown within 20 minutes that it you know, I, I think there's something about being in the middle of things and yet being able to remove oneself. But there's something about having a guide on the path or a process in which, like, say you know you want to change something in your life. What if coming and walking a path and then we, 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 we like process the, the, the experience and there's, you know, it's, it, it can be as simple or as complicated as anybody wants, but there's something about 
getting to walk a spiral path. And it's actually when my husband and I, several years ago, quite a few years ago, went up to Washington State and we stayed at a bed and breakfast there that had a nautical rope labyrinth on the property. And it and so inspired us to come home and build one. Mm. So if what if somebody could come here and be so inspired to perhaps make one for themselves or to find the labyrinth that is in their community? Because what's happening more and more is labyrinths are everywhere. Hospitals build them as a place of meditation. Churches are building them. Communities are building them. And so you can find them. There's a labyrinth locator globally. I think it's labyrinthlocator.com mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you can find where the labyrinths are in, yeah. in their the different communities. And so it could be you're traveling somewhere and you just want to find that place where you can go and find some quiet in the midst of whatever, yeah. and you can walk a labyrinth. So sometimes people haven't walked one before, and they don't, quote, unquote, know how. Well, they could come here and realize how simple it is and gain that confidence so that they could continue walking the spiral path wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And however that w- is within them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So Sarah, how can people be in touch with you? Could you share with us your um, your website name? And Sure, I'd love to. So it's spiralpathpilgrimages.com. And I'm also on Facebook under Sarah Hoskin Climber. And I'm just going blank on my page name. I think it's the Spiral Path. It's Walk the Spiral Path. Thank you. I knew I didn't quite have it right. Walk the Spiral Path. But you can definitely get in touch with me there. And yeah, it's like if, if we all have the spiral path within us. We all have many spirals within us. It is such an ancient, sacred symbol of life itself. And it's, I think there's something even like as I wear a spiral rim on one of my necklaces all the time because there's something about when we just even glance at a spiral, it speaks to us on such an archetypal level and can take us on a journey. And perhaps you're just needing to be pulled into your center a little bit more so so you can get in touch with where spirit wants to guide you. And it yes. can be that simple, just looking at a spiral or walking a spiral or thinking of a spiral, right? And it can remind us that that center is always within us and that connection to spirit is always there. It can be that simple. That simple. Thank you, Sarah. That reminder is something that all of us at Wisdom Talk Radio know to be true. And for those of you who are listening today, join us again next time because there'll be something else that will spark you, inspire you, and remind you of the truth of who you are. And thanks for joining us today. This is Laurie Seymour. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.